1: So Come back in. in. Hello.
0: Can you hear me, Scott? I can now. Can you hear me now? Yes,
1: so we are back on yes. the podcast <laughs> <Talking laughs> of the talking about the river river Foy in the exactly. center of Congo. Exactly. It's probably taken
0: it was probably easier for you to get down the river than it was to get this podcast going so we're having all sorts of <laughs> problems today so we were talking about the different environments uh that you encountered and to me what's remarkable about that river is that there are so many different types of habitats in one river
1: yes and 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 you, you don't know well, when you dip your head into the water you don't know where to look. To look, because you have those incredible sandy area with plenty of fish feeding with uh, the micro algae inside the the sand. Then you look on the right, you have that uh, maze of pandanus roots going for five meters inside the water, and and then you turn on the left, and you have a rocky area, and just behind you, it's a huge field of valisneria, and so so. You don't know where to, to look. So at the, fir- at, the first t- at the first dive, I was like lost. And I didn't know what to film, what to look. And I felt the same, the same feeling I had when I went there in 2018. Unfortunately, in 2018, I went there for three hours only. So it was re- really frustrating for me. In this time, had four days, and I took my time to check on everything. So I was happy to spend that much time there.
0: Yeah, you, you really get a sense of how how diverse the river is when you have that much time to explore all those different areas. I yeah, imagine.
1: and I didn't what? knew the, in two thousand eighteen I didn't knew the species. I knew by oh. name by name and and pictures, but something weird in that uh, with these cichlids. I call them like camel, uh, chameleon. you say mm-hmm. you know that animals that can change you, the colors yeah, changes colors. Sure. Uh, for me, these cichlids, they are chameleons. They change the color. You can see on the picture on the picture I'm posting. You can see them. They becoming yellow, and another time you see one. It's a bit black. And but when you keep keep them in captivity, you don't have these colors at at all. So the first time I was completely lost because I knew the fishes by by their colors in captivity. Oh. So That's... when I bring I bring back some speci- uh, some specimens I I grew up them, I reproduced them in my aquariums. I started to know their shape. So when I I went this time, I could clearly say this fish it's a schwezochromis. this one is a Toracochromis braushi, Calichromis. And I started to break some some myth we have in the hobby saying that uh, the, for example, the cyclopharynx um, fishes, they only tend to live together, not with the schwezochromis and the thoracochromis. And that's completely false. They're all mixed together. Interesting. So um, it was good to go back there knowing the fish.
0: Yeah, because you get a different perspective on it. You know, yeah. you you mentioned the, the color changing, and I know you, you posted some shots, and that there were other fishes, and, and the name escapes me, that really had an intense green color, too, over the plants, and I thought that was really interesting.
1: I think they, they change first, they change, all, of course, like most of the, the cichlids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they change the color with their behavior. If they, they're in the spawning period, mm-hmm. they they got much intense color, but I think that in the River Foix when they are over those Vallisneria and Potamogeton, when they are like light green, they also change the color to light green for the cyclopharynx. And when you take the cyclopharynx, you, put, you, uh, you see the cyclopharynx over the white sand. They're almost, almost white. I'm going to send you a picture. You're going yeah, to
0: see that. That's interesting.
1: And I was very the first time I was very confused. But when you know the shape of the fishes, you know that this is this species, this one, and you are astonished of the the color changing.
0: What is the advantage? Are they ambush predators? Do they need to, to camouflage themselves, or is it? Do you think it's some other adaptation, or is it diet, or what do you think it is?
1: We had we I'm. Um, I'm in a specialized a specialized group of Facebook uh for the foie cichlids. and we had that conversation with uh Kim Pedersen, a Danish guy who I don't know if you know you know you know I've heard,
0: Kim. I've heard the name, yes, yes.
1: Um he, he's keeping uh foie since twenty fourteen. He knows them quite very well and wow. and knows the Alpochromin family very well and we had that discussion because i told him when i saw the pictures of um, heiko Heiko blair of 94 Mm -hmm. most of the fish had the bluish color and he said that maybe there is change in their feeding of these algae maybe there is one algae that now is more prolific that gives this more yellow colors but then i told him it's not it's not that because when you're looking at the fish over the sand, they become white, and so I don't really know if because there is there are no big predators. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, no one's preying on them, right? No, <laughs> and, birds, and even no even, even
1: anything for anything like the anything. birds, I don't know if the birds. I have not seen. Uh, in French, we call that Martin pêcheur. It's those small small birds that goes deep in the water. Oh, right. they, they dive in the water to take the fish. I have not seen the, any, not any, no uh, fishing eagles, any, because I think it's too hard for them to fish there. The fish can see them from uh, from above. Even the fishermen, they they fish, they don't fish with uh, the cast nest, nest, you know, those, mm-hmm. those nests that you throw. Right. I asked them why, and they told me we tried, but as, as soon we do a movement, all the fish goes goes away. So I don't know why they used to change this color when they are over the plants, inside the plants, they have the same colors. and I don't think it's for the predators. I used to think that, but I'm right. it's not for that. That's the only predators I have seen is the polypterus. But, <laughs> okay, I've not seen 60 centimeters polypterus. The max one I've seen was 25.
0: So you have a fish that know. has no, no real predators that no, that's why there are so much way.
1: fish.
0: <laughs> that's interesting. But now, what about the smaller fish? What what kind of smaller fish do you encounter in that in that habitat? And and are are there smaller fish, or is it primarily a larger fish habitat? And you mentioned the labeo, and those are pretty big, right? I mean, those are mm-hmm. sizable. I've uh, not
1: I've not seen a lot of uh, of small fish. the The one I have seen and encountered encounter was um epiplati foie oh really that is um endemic to to the river foie and i think it's not anymore in the hobby so when no, i came back so when i came back uh, i have a friend here in france who is a epiplati fi- uh epiplati a uh a fan he yeah. told me did you bring some I said no, and he was like really pissed off. He said, yeah. no, I asked you to bring some. We really yeah, I don't need." don't blame him. <laughs> uh, but I told him there is no problem. I will go back there and don't be don't be so worried. They are not endangered because you dip the the nest around the plants, you take out, and there are plenty of it. Oh, good. And I think they are not very they are not very colorful and nice. I think it's just for the rarity of the fish that people right. want to have right. it.
0: But isn't that the same with a lot of fish? I mean, so those of us that are really into some of these these types of fish, it's not always about the color. It's about the rarity. It's about where they're found. It's
1: the story exactly. behind them.
0: You know, yeah, a lot of these Kili are kind of gray and not that interesting. But when you put them in the context of the environment, or if you do an aquarium that represents the environment, such as the River Foix or these other niches in that environment, suddenly it becomes more interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. No. For those who are interested in the uh, River Foix Biotope Aquarium, uh, in 2018, there is uh, that American association who bring a, a collection of fish from the River Foix. So there are contacts in the U.S. to get these fish. But you need to have a huge aquarium, yeah. at, least, at least for um, 120 gallons minimum. Yeah, They're that's... very aggressive. The cichlids are very, very aggressive uh, <laughs> interspecies, And uh, so they can go. Uh, in my aquarium, uh, sometime I found some braushi, uh Toracocomis male, almost da- dead because they were fighting all, all night long. And they're very, very, very aggressive fish. Wow. But so- not with the kerosene. Huh? Only between uh, the, the the cichlids.
0: You know, and I guess I guess I can see why they would be so aggressive too. Because when you look at these environments, especially when I see the drone shots that you take of the environments, and there's huge patches of plants and then these areas of empty sand, that there must be territories for every fish. (laughs) So they're so used to defending a territory that when you put them in one small aquarium, they're gonna just go at it. I would imagine.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Exactly. And uh, when, if you look at, there is one of my video. the name, I think, it's... I'm going to post it anyway, where it's the first the first um, underground spring. And you can see I'm coming over a Potamogaton field, mm-hmm. and at the end of the Potamogeton field, we start a huge place with sand. And just at the beginning of the sand, you can see some huge uh, cyclopharynx, Chwezzokomis male. Uh, they are uh, in their territory and chasing all... other fish who comes but there are too much fish so they at one moment they get they 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 get tired and they just sit on the ground so i don't know if they have a permanent territory in the river i have not i have not observed that thing i think next time i should spend like three or four hours at the same place just to see if they tend to move or they do stay at the same place
0: you you know the other thing i noticed too is that in some of these areas the water you know it's hard because to tell from the video because it's so clear it doesn't seem like there's a lot of current in some of these areas as well it seems like the water current is a little slower or is it is it deceptive is it fast everywhere and it just looks like it's not moving
1: no there, there, there are area where the water <clears throat> water is more is more still than other parts but um in these area the water is shallower you have a lot of of plants So sometimes it's hard to swim in this place and not a good place to observe fish. And what I have noticed that these fish, they love to be uh, at the the outlet of the spring. They play inside the water flow where it's very strong. They like to be where the water is a bit, there is stronger flow, I, I would say.
0: That's a good. That's a good piece of information for aquarists that want to keep those fish. I mean, we and they
1: like it. to play. It's it's weird they because like they it. like to play inside. And I can say play because there is no no other purpose. You can see them swimming fast and then turning around and go with the flow faster <laughs> and just turning and go back again uh, down. And I've seen it at four different um, outlets of the uh, water spring, underground spring.
0: See, see, you you think about that, and you think about how to replicate that environment, that habitat in the aquarium. And, if, and that is, if you have the right size aquarium, doing the current is no problem nowadays with all the you know advanced
1: oh yeah,
0: submersible pumps we have. And you think, I wonder if that's a key component to their environment that people have not replicated in the aquarium before, that could result in bet more healthy fish, you know, more active fish. For um, sure, lifespan maybe less aggressive because they're living their life the way they would in the wild that's like with one of those more, interesting observations that
1: with more flow you will will you will have more uh, surface uh, water surface movement so oxygen, more sure. uh, more oxygen uh, for sh- for sure it's going to play uh, a role
0: and i think that's something that we just don't think about and that's that's where the value that's one of the things i've always enjoyed when we talk is that the value of field observations you know, by someone that also happens to, to keep the fish in the aquarium, that's really valuable because we don't get that very often. A lot of times what we get is just information from the archaeologists or explorers, and that's great, but there's no we can't relate to it, it's just a bunch of facts. But here you are, an aquarist who also explores these areas, going in there, making these observations. There's a lot of value to that.
1: And as you as you always I, I know you like Talking about the relationship between uh, the terrestrial part and yes. uh, and the underwater part, and for me in river foie, there is a huge uh, correlation between these these two worlds. I oh, like to tell to, me. to call to call them uh, uh, two worlds, mm-hmm. because uh, around if you have trees, you don't you have shade, and where where mm-hmm. you have shade, you don't have plants. Right and as i have noticed the fish like to be on the sandy part but just just near the plants so if there is a, a danger they go inside the plants sure and um so when you have parts with a lot of um, of trees there are not a, a lot of plants but the trees they fall in the water and mm-hmm. create creating temporary temporal, temporal uh, habitats with trees and branches and And so, when you are in parts where there are a lot of trees with no plants, where do you see the fish? It's where there is wood and tree trunks. And they feed on these tree trunks also. They eat the algae. They scrap the algae on it. You Mm -hmm. can see, you can see all the, all along a tree trunk that is in the water, you can see some mouse scratching. It's (laughs) interesting.
0: That is interesting. Do you do you see a lot of fallen trees in that part of the river? Is it is it, is it
1: are they? Yeah, are yeah. Sure I see think that
0: or is that something you
1: see a lot? Of? There are there are quite a lot in some area. Unfortunately, they they're cutting a lot of trees, uh, and they're doing it the wrong way because they're cutting trees. So the population is cutting cutting trees to grow some um, some corn.
0: Oh no!
1: But unfortunately, they. Cut and they plant the corn for harvesting six months after, and then they change the area and they cut a new area. So they are cutting trees of fifty, hundred years old, just for six months harvest. Oh, so wow. it's quite sure, frustrating but... to see to see that. So when yeah. they're cutting tree, mainly they do charcoal with it, but as the 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 banks, the river bank is a bit abrupt. Sometimes they cut the tree and it falls into the water. And they, they don't take it. So, in many places, you can find some uh, some tree uh, underwater.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, I, there was one photo you took in particular, <clears throat> and it was um, it was a tree. It was like a trunk that fell. It looks like it was in the water a long time. And on one side, there's, there's a lot of aquatic plants, and the other side just sand. It almost acted like it was a barrier between the two habitats. And it and the water was really shallow too. I mean, it, maybe it was, maybe it was only two meters. Maybe three meters mm-hmm. at the deepest.
1: Um, yeah, sometimes the, it it can create the those kind of barrier right. because with the with the water flow, uh, the, the 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 substrate behind the tree tends to be more agitated, so the mm-hmm. plants uh, don't cannot roots there and uh, create this this sandy area. But also, I think I know now what uh, what uh, picture are you talking about. Yeah. Um, does, does the sand is bright, bright uh, white, or it's yeah. a, bit, a bit yellowish?
0: No, it's, it's, it's bright white.
1: Um, okay, the, yeah, it so like, it's due, yeah. due to, the, to the water flow.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and um, just what, what struck me as interesting is it literally acts like a barrier between these two, the, the sand and then there's the part where the plants are, and I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: It's funny that you're saying that because now, now that you're saying that, it's explaining <laughs> explain me, explaining me something. When I went there in 2018, mm-hmm. um, in the in the video I, I, I recently posted, I don't know if you've seen. There is one video where I dive into a big crack, in a rock crack.
0: I've seen that one
1: yet. No. Um, so you can see on my videos that's the the Belgium the Belgian Bay as I call it. And there is the, um, an underground spring there. Last time when I went there, I couldn't reach that part because it was first I was less adventurous than today, <laughs> <laughs> and it was blocked. The access was blocked by by a by a tree trunk. there were two trees that fell at that at that place, oh, and after the trees, it was fully covered of valisneria but huge, huge, until the surface of the water. So you couldn't really reach uh, the, the the spring. And I, I saw the picture today, this morning, and I was saying, uh, that's why I couldn't reach. There were too much valisnere. And in fact, it was the tree. Due to the tree, it created that ba- barrier, as you're saying, and the valisnere was growing abundantly.
0: See, that's an interesting feature that somebody could replicate in the aquarium, too, to separate a sandy area from planted area and be perfectly natural because that's exactly what happens. Exactly. That's fascinating. You know, there was another photo you took. It was a drone shot. Um, I don't know exactly where it was on the river, but there was, you know, nice lush jungle on either side and these huge, huge like tracks of, it had to be that area, but just, it looks like they go on for, you know, hundreds of meters, if not maybe even a kilometer or more. Just,
1: just that's enormous. That's Potamageddon.
0: That's oh, okay. And, th- and just, just enormous. I mean, can, I don't know how the altitude that that shot was taken at, but it's just...
1: The like shot was taken trucks. at 300 meters.
0: Okay. So, wow. Okay. And uh, when so I almost I, a thousand feet. And and you can see how huge these tracks of plants are, these like aquatic plants. That's, a, it's, that's amazing. It's
1: very, impre- it's very impressive. Um Heiko Blair told me that he has majorites. And it was uh, 16 meters long for the longest. sea, So, wow. for me, the the longest I have seen was like eight meters. But at, there, there is nowhere in the on the planet where these species of plants reach that length.
0: Yeah, I've never seen anything like that.
1: And it's that due to the to the water flow.
0: Huh? It has to be, and it looks like it's all kind of going in one direction. So I would imagine. Yeah, that's- yeah,
1: yeah. That's something very. It- Nice and something that I love from River is When you dip your head into the water and you look at the plant, they are all dancing in the same pattern and the same way. And that's something quite hypnotizing, uh, mm-hmm. if I can it, say.
0: Yes. You know, it reminds me very much of here in Southern California. We have what they call kelp forests off the coast of California, um, mm-hmm. Catalina Island. And they're very famous with very clear water with these huge, you know, I guess some of these these stands of kelp could be yeah, hundreds of meters long and, and very tall. Ah, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a
1: picture of it.
0: Yeah, and, and and I can't help but make a correlation between the behavior of the fishes that live in those kelp forests and the way these fishes are behaving in this river environment. It's very similar, the way you're describing it, that sort of territorial behavior they sort of play in and out of the plants. It's interesting And
1: that, and that part that of the river, it's Completely covered of uh, Potamogeton. You don't see any sand, any rocks, not, no Valisneria, no Ceratophyllum, only, only Potamogeton. How, how deep is that water? Uh, uh, mainly on the river or on the part uh, with the Potamogeton? In that area,
0: yeah, with the,
1: in that area if you are in the main channel where you can navigate with the boat, I, I can say max three meters. Uh, so it's not that deep. No, 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 no. Average two meter two meters. No, but good. when on the sides of the, the main channel on the main road, let's say of Potamogeton, there is no no depth. You can if you want, you can jump on those Potamogeton. <laughs> if you lay on it, you won't sink. It's too dense. It's
0: that dense. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are there fishes inside of that or is it just nothing's in there but maybe shrimp or insects or whatever?
1: Have you have you shrimps, kind of
0: explored the millions individual?
1: millions of shrimps? Shrimps. Um, I have not seen fishes. Heiko told me there is a particular cichlids there, but I have not seen seen it. I asked him for a picture. He didn't send me the picture, but he says there is one particular uh cichlids there. I have seen in the main channel, I have seen some labeobarbus, big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they told They're... me that there are some uh, Hydrocinus, so the tiger fish. I have not seen one. Huh. I've so... seen some huge uh, mormids.
0: Oh, really? In, in
1: that yeah, area, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a picture of a mormid, like 50 centimeters mormid. Very oh, nice. That's
0: Big. Big. What, now, what are the cichlids eating in that? Do you think they're eating the shrimp? Or is it, is it, are the shrimp food for somebody? Or are they eating something else? If there's such an abundant shrimp population, somebody's got
1: to be eating them, I would imagine. Um, the kerosene for sure, are eating it. Oh, um, okay. In the cichlids, you have only two cichlids that uh, eat some uh, invertebrate and insect. The, the two thoracochromis. So you have thoracochromis braushi and thoracochromis calichromis. Mm-hmm. That's the only two cichlids. Ah no, third three. You have also the Hemichromis elongatus that eats oh. the uh, the shrimp. Interesting. interesting. But the other one, Cyclopharynx foie, Cyclopharynx schwetzi and Schwetzochromis, they only eat microalgae.
0: Oh, interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if that makes them more difficult to keep in an aquarium. Uh, I mean, yeah. I would imagine yes. because there's great yes. you need to have
1: you you need, you need to have very thin um, spiruline um, food mm-hmm. and uh, when you throw it in the water and you have to have very very fine white sand and when those um, I know it because I kept them and that's the way they were, they were eating on when that food goes on the substrate you can see they dip you, their head until the um, how do you say the gills mm-hmm. the plate where they breathe we mm-hmm. say the gills huh yes they dip the head down there until the gills and they, they 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 go out of the sand and you can see all the sand going out of the gills and that's the only way they wow. they, they were feeding
0: they were the, scraping on, it off Oh, so they don't scrape it off of rocks, they're, they're digging in the sand. Yes,
1: they, right? they scrape on, off the rocks, but then that means you have to, to have Constantly a well-established est- <laughs> aquarium, nice. very a mature. <laughs> yeah. Or you have to, to use, um, there is one brand who did a, a gel, a gel uh, food yes. that you can mix with hot water. And then you can cover a rock, for example. Mm-hmm. And then you put the rock in the water. I did it. Yeah, they were eating, but not that much. Were
0: these fish difficult to keep in an aquarium? Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seem-
1: yeah, we, we, we have... Um, so with that foie uh, kids community, we have noticed that there are, there are species that are more difficult to keep than others. For example, we... We have all lost our um uh, calichromus Everyone have lost them. Uh, yeah. I have I have one of them. I used to have like ten. Wow. Um the thoracocomis braushi, there is no problem to keep them, they're quite strong. The cyclopharynx, the one I tell you I'm telling you that dip their heads in the sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, are, they, they are hard fish to they kill. They seem like they're changed. not easy fish. See, yeah.
0: you, you think the main reason that people lose those fishes is dietary as opposed to environmental? Because the environment <laughs> seems like you'd be able to More replicate enjoy. that pretty easily, right?
1: Yeah. It's I think the, it's the combination of the two. You have to have very rich oxygen water. Mm-hmm. You have to have very fine sand. Um, feeding must be top quality. Um, mm-hmm. And... We don't really know why we were you know, losing them like that.
0: You know, I'd be fascinated to know, and I know it's something that maybe some other time on another trip you'd do this. But I'm curious about the water chemistry, like the 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 redox. I'm curious what the pH is. I'm curious what the dissolved oxygen is. You know, it, it, it's got to be real high conductivity. A lot so of this time oxygen.
1: we didn't. This time we didn't take any measurement. Last time with Heiko, we took some measurement. What but only only pH, temperature, and mm-hmm. um, the the GH. Let's do, say alkalinity. Do you,
0: recall, do you recall what those readings were?
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was um, for the pH. It was depending from the uh, weirdly depending from the area mm-hmm. uh, near near the the spring on the upper parts. It was seven point seven mm-hmm. pH, mm-hmm. and when you were going on the down, down we have 7.4, so that's not a huge variation. No, but not at all. you can, you we don't, I don't know why there is this variation, but so it's in the gh, I don't remember if it was 14 or something like that. Right. But it's that there, been. there are a lot of uh dissolved um magnesium and calcare well, because yeah, you
0: have the calcareous substrate, right? I
1: mean, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a calcare gal- the, the water comes from. Calcare galleries, right? So it's, and the temperature, it's a, it's a dream. It's twenty five to twenty six degrees. Oh, nice. So nice. You, you don't you can swim with your shorts and you don't feel cold. Oh, perfect. If you're not stressed. <laughs> if you stress, you feel cold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. So it seems to me, as an as an outsider who's who's not as familiar with these fishes or that environment, it seems to me that the the, the challenges were, were probably dietary, like you said, or maybe. Um, Maybe maybe people aren't getting enough dissolved oxygen into the water. You know, maybe there's
1: not I, I would be curious to, to measure you know the I mean? oxygen because
0: that's important, it's the, I think.
1: There are a lot of oxygen there. With the, those plants and the sunlight. The photosynthesis water. is is incredible. One I mean, one one funny thing, we were we were in a small bay with uh with my friend my friend Frank. So just just for the record, Frank is uh, one of my, my best friends, we do dirt bike together. Mm-hmm. He's not fish. Uh, he, he never never kept fish in his whole life. <laughs> Perfect he doesn't care it, about yeah. fish. <laughs> he doesn't care about aquatic uh, biotopes. <laughs> <laughs> so he just went there because his father told him about the place. And
0: I well, also told
1: him about the place like thousands of time. And right. so we were in a small bay and he, he told me, but Thomas... What? Why? That? What? What is all those movement on the water surface? Is that insect? Is that? And you say it's not raining, and it was like, like drop of rain, small mm-hmm. drain coming. I said I don't know. And then when I lose, I look closely. In fact, it was all the bubbles of the photosynthesis. Oh, interesting! It's incredible. It's like swimming in in sparkling in sparkling water, but it's right. oxygen and not uh, CO two. So now, the, the water must be very oxygenated.
0: super oxygen. It must be near saturation. I mean, and what's uh, yeah, interesting for too is I wonder, at sure. night, I wonder if there's a pH dip at night like you'd see in an aquarium, you know, when, it, when it's well lit and the plants are growing, they're photosynthesizing, right? So they're giving out the oxygen.
1: And That's when, another when point the I should measure. Like, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Maybe the water gets more acidic due, due to the higher CO2 concentration during the, the night. So
0: so here's my thinking as a as a reef keeper, here's how we overcome pH switches, pH shifts between day and night. You have
1: you, a, inject, you inject oxygen in the water. Well,
0: you do that or 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 you have a a sump, a filter underneath uh-huh. the tank where the water goes yeah. through and you grow in the in the reef, you grow macroalgae, kalerpa or something like that. But in a, a situation like this, you could grow put or whatever plant that you have that's fast growing you grow it in a reverse lighting cycle from the tank so in other words if you're Mm -hmm. lighting the tank from 8 a.m to 8 p.m when that light goes out the light below goes on so yeah 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 so they never have a loss of oxygen never depress the the ph i i'm just throwing that out there i'm wondering if that is also a key to these fish there's a constant oxygenation and the pH is stable, maybe they're very sensitive to pH fluctuations, which they don't encounter in nature because there's so much photosynthesis going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just a thought.
1: Yeah, right yeah, now. I never, that's a good point. I never thought about it. I, it
0: just, so I'm that's
1: a, that's another excuse to go back there. <laughs> right,
0: right. You need to go back there now. You need to go back there
1: with your test. <laughs> that's, <kids>. that's, <laughs> exactly. Last day I was talking with Conk and he told me, and get those, get so those. <laughs> he told me you need. We need to go back there. I said, "Yeah," but we said we will go back in two thousand twenty-three. No, no. He said, "No, but that's too far." Yeah,
0: yeah. You gotta go back this year.
1: <laughs> and one, sure. one, one other point. Now that you're talking about the, just to come back on the feeding of the fish. Yeah. Um, for the people who want to do biotope of this this fish, it's very hard to keep plants because, in fact, I totally forgot to say. They're eating uh micro algae but they're, are also the eating, they're also eating they're also eating Valisneria. And uh when I when I the first time in twenty eighteen when I came back, of course at that time I was doing aquascaping, I was not doing biotope aquarium, so mm-hmm. I came back with a lot of potamogeton, ceratophyllum, and valisneria. I put it in my tank with full CO2 blast, but the next week they've eaten all the plants <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem (laughs) yeah so i did another another strategy is that i outside i had a a huge bucket outside and i put some substrate water a filter and i was just growing some valisneria and some uh, Mm -hmm. outside so when they were eating i was uh, i was taking and just replacing but at what time we started to get tired to do that (laughs)
0: that's literally the only way to do it when you have a, a Uh, that's the only way.
1: Or you mean, have to put Anubias, but Anubias you don't encounter Anub Anubia I, in their that environment. I was
0: gonna say it sounds like you've only really encountered about three genera of plants in that entire area. So yep. it's not like you have a diversity of that, that's what's fascinating. No. You don't have a huge diversity of you don't have a huge diversity in general in that area, right? You have a surprisingly limited number of species for such a large mm-hmm. area. does, does that strike you are? as unusual? Because the other areas of the Congo you're talking about, there's this huge diversity. But in the yes, foie,
1: and, don't, and you don't find uh, you don't a huge mean, diversity.
0: Yeah, I think and maybe that's part of the reason for its success, too, of those of those organisms, is that there isn't a ton of competition. There's not a ton of diversity. Maybe it just works, you know? And, yeah, that's
1: why you have huge quantity of fish. Oil, I think and,
0: and while the consequences are so great when man encroaches into that area and damages the habitat, because they're not capable these fishes probably evolutionarily don't have that ability to adapt to changes like other fishes right because it seems like it's such a consistent environment or maybe i'm wrong but that again that strikes me as an outsider that's what i'm thinking
1: um i think they don't have at least as we don't touch the the, the river itself mm-hmm. there is no problem in the environment even right. even if we cut all the trees around um, the only problem you will encounter, it's that's maybe some landsliding of sand.
0: yeah, that's what I think about. That's the only farming. problem,
1: but yeah. you know when they cut the trees, as soon as they cut it one month after, you have some small plants growing again, so it, <laughs> it, it keeps the, yeah, it's keeps the sand in place. So it's at lush, least here. if you don't touch, like for example, if they don't do a cement factory on the, the river, Right. I don't think there are going to be problems for these fish. That's fantastic. But now, now we want to protect the area. The sure. new managing director of the... Something good in Congo is that we have a, an institution, a, government, a governmental institution that rules the, the protected area, the reserve and the, 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 the national park and So that's something very positive for us. And the positive thing is that now the new managing director of that institution is a a young fellow. He's like 45 years old. Uh, He has studies in Belgium. He's a very clever, very nice guy. He knows my family since a long time ago. He's a good friend of Frank. Oh, true. And. he helped us to go there. He gave us all the authorization, and even we have a small financial help from them to go there. Oh, that's and fantastic. And he wants to to create a protected area there. So that's a very good that's and positive very good, point. Yes. Now, the problem with Congo is always the same. it's What are you going to do with the, the local population there? You right. cannot make... You cannot make a protected area without thinking about them and involving them. Right. And that's 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 for me the main challenge of the of the creation of that protected area. And it takes time because you have to go to the parliament to make a vote about it. So it will take time, but I'm not afraid for the that the place because it's so hard to reach. I don't want to be to use rude words, <laughs> it was <laughs> yes. to go there.
0: <laughs> I understand. I mean, it looks it looks like it's very remote.
1: Now, and speak- something funny is that when we reach there, and you have also so, so much talking to do with local chief, and at the end, Frank told me, he told me, look at me. We, we, we were not on the water yet. Huh? Look at me, Thomas, you know. Foi one time but last time i said yeah i think for me also it's the last time and then we were on the water and he looked at me and said ah, you know Thomas, next time i said are you hearing what you're saying exactly so when you go on the you- water you forget you yeah. forget all that all the challenges so and stuff that, yeah that's yeah, true and it's such
0: a pretty place and that, there was another photo i had to ask you about um and we'll have to we'll have to put these up on our site so people can see them but the there was a photo you took. It was around, I think it's November 10th. That's on Facebook. You were talking mm-hmm. about those weird rocks that yeah. were coming out of the, they're like, they almost looks like, I don't want to say shale, but it looks like some kind of a rock like that. It's a, it's a, it's a very angular rock, very flat and kind of interesting. It, and it's, it appears to be in very shallow water. And then you have the riverbank on either side. And you can see some mm-hmm. ferns growing on one side and some other kind of palms or something on the other growing into the water. What is that habitat? Does, does that sound familiar? What, what exactly is that that I'm looking at?
1: That, that um, part is very strange. Yeah. Um, we, we had a, a map from um, the first Belgium, uh, first scientific Belgium who went there in, 40, in 1946. Mm-hmm. And he refers that place to subaquatic dales. But it's very, very weird. You reach, it's not a long place, it's like 300 meters long
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the only place where you find this this uh, these, uh, these rocks mm-hmm. not not the only place but the only place where you find a lot of it there is another part where you find maybe two or three rocks that's it mm-hmm. but this and like of it, um, right? that place you have uh, it's quite narrow maybe that's why you have only rocks because the flow, flow gets stronger at that that place mm-hmm. And you have a main channel that is deeper. You have four to five meters deep, and on the side you have these these rock formation that it's very w- weird. You it's uh, I, I don't know if we we can say that in English. It's rocks. that are stratified. Yeah. You yeah. have like uh, it's. I'm sure if you take a hammer and you you, you shock it. You will have short. like uh, flat, flat parts of rocks.
0: Yeah, that's a good. It, it is like stratified. I, I haven't. It, the only rock I've ever seen that looks like that
1: is. It's that you very, see in, very weird. Yeah, like you
0: it's see in almost, canyons almost or like uh,
1: oce- Oceanic biotop. It, it not, does look like old reef. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 and that, that's the place where I've seen the biggest uh, labio labio barbus because because, because percent they eat right. on those rocks.
0: Right, that's interesting. What other fish do you see in that environment? In that particular environment, because I, I'm also, you know, what draws me, and of course, I see the roots of the terrestrial plants going into the water. <laughs> so I'm immediately like, "Hmm, what's there? Did you see anything besides just those fish? Or are there some other things that
1: you wouldn't?" Say um, no, particularly that that was the labio labio barbus. Where were, the, uh, where right? were you
0: finding the Epipleides? Where Where were you finding those? Excuse me. Where were you finding the epiplates? The, where were those?
1: Were those in the, uh, the river? I, I searched for, for them in the, the Belgium Bay, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that if you go um, on most parts of the riverbank where there are small plants growing, you will find in them. I have not tried to catch them on the lower part. I just tried on the Belgium Bay because I knew that I could find them there because I found them in 2018 there. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: But but there are plenty, so I think along the river you can find some.
0: Because this area with the rocks is really interesting. It's a really interesting-looking habitat.
1: I don't know if you went on my YouTube channel, but on my YouTube channel, I put uh, a video of only that, that uh, Rocky part. Oh, I
0: have, to, I have to look at that one. I have not seen that video yet. No, because I, I think that's just, I've never seen anything like that.
1: It's the cool the cool different. thing of, of that river is that you can just jump into the water, you leave the, the boat on, behind you, and you just jump into the water, and you drift and snorkel by drifting. Oh, that's nice. something very cool. That is nice. <laughs> And the worst thing that happened to me there is that I reached the river Foix after talking with all the chief and two. We were we now ready to go in the into the water. I start to 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 look for my my mask, my underwater goggles.
0: Oh no! You didn't have
1: them. I forgot it on my on my office in Kinshasa. <laughs>
0: Oh, no. <laughs> but you still managed to get some good pictures without uh,
1: knowing what you are looking I at. I was so pissed off. I wanted oh, to cry. And Frank yeah, looked at me, took his mask and threw it at me. I said, how can you do that? That's the, the, <laughs> the most keeping. important uh, material you right. needed of the expedition. Right. That was that. It's <laughs> like you can go to a local store and grab it. Yeah. <laughs> so we kept changing. I was going in the water. He gave me the mask. And then he goes in the water. I gave him the mask. So oh, that's good. good. took turns. At yeah. least we, we could see, but we didn't enjoy together. That's, right. that's, that's what yeah. it said. But,
0: but the, the, it brings up another question too, that the, the infrastructure around that area, there isn't much, right? I mean, it's just the, the local there people is nothing. and that's it, right? It's there,
1: you're on your own. People, um, they don't have access to electricity. They don't have access to, to water. Yes, with the River Foix, there is water, but there is nothing. They're living in uh, muddy mud house with right. uh, with palm trees the uh, roof
0: so it's yeah it's pretty pretty um pretty simple lifestyle there
1: exactly to- it's like they have they have nothing when so when we went there we we took uh, some candies for the kids unfortunately oh, we didn't have a lot of space because we have only one one car so we couldn't take clothes for the kids we couldn't right. take uh materials for the school. So I think if we do a next expedition nice. with with more people, that's something we're going to do. But, you know, that's also a problem in Congo. When you reach Ria and you start this giving things, you will have hundreds of person who come. And that when you will finish your stuff, you will have hundreds of eyes looking at you that we didn't get, get anything. Yeah. So we took the, the decision to take only candies, cigarettes sugar uh some soap because they it's hard for them to have soaps there soap mm-hmm. to to clean themselves uh salt and the things we were doing we were not giving it on the river bank we went on the river and when we see kids on a canoe we stop there we give them some some things some candies some things like that when we see yeah. adults we give them some some salt and you
0: didn't make a big event out of it
1: yeah yeah because they have nothing. Really, they have nothing. When you see yeah. them, their clothes are with holes everywhere and very used. And...
0: Yeah. It's like you want to help all these people. There's only so much you can do. And without causing more problems, I guess it's, it's
1: challenging. Yes. It's but very... at least, sadly for them, luckily for us, we have another uh, point. But not point of view, but um, look at it. Because we live in Congo. We see, we face right. that every right. day. So we know it and we are not affected as more as people that don't live in the Congo. Yeah. When they do expedition in Congo there, or when they, I have friends who come in holidays, they're quite shocked about that.
0: It's it's very different. And that's uh, you know, yeah. that's the other component that, that people don't talk about a lot on these kind of expeditions is the people component. You know, all the the people that live there. Um, it, uh, they always they respect. see
1: white people, they always ask you for something. Always, always.
0: Well, uh, you know, it, it, it just culturally there's so such um there's so many differences and it's 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 another it's a beautiful thing and it's also a thing that we have to take very you know, big responsibility, mm. you know, to respect their culture and it sounds like you you went out of your way to to do that and makes for a better trip for everybody exactly yeah
1: at least you have you have to come with some things and you give a bit on the right yeah, 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 yeah. but they're mainly though, they were all very kind people and that's very awesome. very kind.
0: And, you know, and they've been living that way for generations, oh, yeah. so these people uh, to, to, to enter their territory and, and you have to show respect. And I think that's that's incredible.
1: We couldn't we couldn't enter we couldn't the water it. before seeing all the chief around and, and that's good though. for hours and hours.
0: And that's good, though, you know, in a way that that keeps people from exploiting both the people and the environment there, you know, and, and respects the, the, the local you know, local tribes, I
1: think that's, that's, yeah, that's good. good. They have
0: have that system in a way, you know,
1: but on one side, it's very, very hard and very difficult. If you're not, if you're You're, not used to the, those,
0: those kind of things, things.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're going to eat you alive, all your money and everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because you know, they, they they start, they see white people and they start, I, okay, we want $500 so you can go in the water but when you know the the place you know the the the, the, the coutume and everything you finish at 60 dollars $60. Yeah. So you yeah, you need you need to go there with someone who knows how well, it works
0: s- right some skills and customs and how to how to mm-hmm. deal with people and a little respect goes a long way right? it sounds like mm-hmm. that's Now, getting back to the environments, there was another picture. I keep going back to different pictures, but I wrote these down. There's another picture you took. I think it was, you put it up on Facebook on November 10th. That's what my notes say. It's a field of, there's some nymphaea growing out in the middle of a field of some type of a grass. I want to say Valisneria.
1: Valisneria, yeah. Valisneria. It's just
0: a crazy shot because this, this soul, there's like three or four pieces of nymphaea growing out of nowhere. Like, is that a plant you encounter very often there?
1: No, no, no. I have not seen uh, a lot of Ninfea. Um, yep. In the in those parts, so that picture was taken in a part it's, that there is no, not at all, uh, not much flow. Mm-hmm. The place I have encountered uh, Ninfea mostly was where there were almost no flow. Right. Uh, but I have never seen at one place a lot of Ninfea. It was only like Solitary nymphaea growing out of the plants like that.
0: It, that's literally what it is. I mean, this shot is like, it must be hundreds of meters into the distance. I don't know how the visibility is pretty good. So it's got to be hundreds of meters in the distance. There's not another nymphaea inside. It's just a field you know? of Valsinaria and literally three, three, three strands of nymphaea. <laughs> that's it. That's like. And crazy. another
1: part I've encountered it was in the Belgian Bay. Oh, the, really? the, it, there is quite. Uh, quite uh, good flow there but it was growing so underwater but behind uh behind a small depression so it was uh, uh, say a dead a dead spots of flow and mm-hmm. uh, it uh, again it was only one ninfea i have not seen a lot of ninfea there
0: yeah and as an aquarium person it just strikes me that picture is striking to me because there's something amazing almost artistic about just this stand of three plants against acres of Valisneria. I just thought that looks so interesting. <laughs> and not a fish to be seen either, although there's probably hundreds of fishes in the in the No, plants, in that area,
1: area no, not, not a lot of fish. fish. Um, around, in fact, there is a, a spring, uh, underground spring at that area, a small one. And you have a hole, so you have Valisneria around, that mm-hmm. on that part where you have seen the Minfea. Behind that part is it's only uh, Ceratophilum mm-hmm. and there is a, a small barrier of Potamogeton. No, the
0: and, is, it, is it floating or is it actually in the substrate? Is it just big floating f- masses of it?
1: No, 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 in the substrate.
0: It is in substrate.
1: Okay. Yeah, okay. and the only parts where there are no plants, it's around the, 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 the spring, the outlet of the spring makes sense and that's the only part where where there were fishes a lot of fishes oh interesting I'm yeah right. they, they, they to tend that. to stay they don't really live inside the the plants they stay or they fry and they stay inside the plants so they can protect the fry So the
0: fry
1: do right okay yeah or they stay uh, along the plants on the sand and as soon there is a danger for me i was the danger Mm-hmm. There was, they were going inside the the plants, but they were not living in the plants.
0: That's interesting to me. And you'd think there would be species that would exploit that, well, you know, other smaller fishes or whatever that that would live in the plants because there's so many of them. It would be a, a great For way sure. to avoid all these predators. But you, you you're telling me there just really aren't a whole lot of small little fishes living in that area in general. I guess size is a is a is an important thing in that environment.
1: Yeah exactly size size matter i think and yeah. the smallest fish, the, the the small fish are juvenile cichlids right right. I,
0: right I mean what what time now what time of year are they usually reproducing is it year round or is there a certain time of year when they'll be you know year, spawning year round.
1: okay all so year did, yeah Did yeah. you
0: encounter any like nests of you know any any parents Yes protectors?
1: there is a there is an interesting picture and I shared it with uh, that specialized foie uh, group. Mm-hmm. There is a picture I've not shared this, yet on my Instagram. There is a huge place of, uh, of gravels and you can see hundreds of white dots and all those dots are nests where it, and I swam, I swim over and I kept very steady. And I could see some cyclopharynx doing those uh, alpochromini. You know the, those alpochromis. Uh, they do with their their anal fins. Yeah. With the yeah, they were there and doing that. So the females came to take the 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 the, the cements of the the male. Yeah. yeah. And so it the was. Yeah. yeah it, it was interesting to see that there is a huge field with hundreds of of nests, and. <laughs> And also along the plants on the sandy area, you can see also those, these nets. But they, they spawn all year and all year. All year. And I've oh, seen that also in my aquarium.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So there's not a, sign- a special spawning season. That's...
1: No, and they're, not, and they're not hard to to, to reproduce. Something, oh, that's... that's something hard for the females that's because they are mouse, mouse breedier, breeding fish so the female, when they have uh, the, the babies in the mouse, they don't eat for 30 days maybe. But, so so the reproduction is so easy and so fast that sometimes they just take out the, the fry from the mouse because they are too big and they get new eggs and so they can wow. die from, from not just eating because 30. they just had to, wow. to spawn at the, at the time. You
0: mentioned the reproductive pressure is so strong in that species that they have to reproduce so quickly, you know. Because yes, it's interesting because the population seems so so large, but yet they're constantly spawning. That's, that's yeah, constantly spawning.
1: But it's I can see a difference huh, between the quantity of fishes. Oh, yeah, uh, of, of, of of species. For for example, the main the main species, species cichlid species we can see it's cyclopharynx. For me, 80% of the, the, the cycles are cyclopharynx. Oh,
0: interesting. And then
1: you have uh, maybe a 10% of Brauchy. Then you have 5% of Calichromus and 5% of, uh, of uh, Hemichromus. And Hemichromus can be very huge. I tried to take a to take a picture of one amicromis It was like the biggest I've never seen like <laughs> almost twenty five centimeters. I was very astonished and huge oh, big fish. but I was a bit a bit far. I will try to send you uh, a a video of that amicromis it it was huge but it's, it's a bit far soon. it's like five meters from me, so it's hard hard to see the the size. Wow.
0: I'll I, I tell you, the, the, the one thing that I find interesting, though, is that these fish all seem to live together. I mean, from the photos and, and from the videos that I've seen, there doesn't seem to be any overt aggression. Nobody's chasing anybody around. No, Everybody no. seems to respect too. everyone's territories. So I think that's kind of interesting. They,
1: they live they live all together. So you yeah, find like uh, a in, in a group of, c- of cyclopharynx, you will find some hemichromis and some braushi. But I think there is too much quantity that ag- aggression... It's hard to do because it's dispersed. if if he goes to uh, um, uh, an alpha male go to chase one fish, he will turn around suddenly because there is a not, another fish entering the territory. So it's very, I'm going to send you the video of, uh, yeah, I'd like of that spring that. where you can see a, a big cyclofairns g- getting tired of going right and left to chase all uh, <laughs> uh, everyone and no. something special also with this the species you have different coloration with regarding the your rank if you are a, an alpha alpha male, alpha male of the cyclopharynx you really? you are you are almost black with an orange stripe on your dorsal fin and if you are a sub alpha male you will be um a bit bluish with some yellow parts. I'm going to send you yeah, different that's... pictures. You're going to see the difference. So
0: so it's like a co- they live in colonies, more or less. Yes. For the so,
1: cyclopharynx, they live in colonies.
0: Interesting. Now, if one were to keep those fish in aquariums, it, it obviously would make sense to have a, a very large aquarium and an aquarium where you can keep a pretty good-sized group so you can get that group dynamic going, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. Or one male with... A lot, a lot of, of female. females, like one, one male for at least six females. Oh, wow. Because they keep chasing them. They, they are even aggressive with the female. So if they, so for example, one, one male is doing the, the spawning dance and the female comes to see and she doesn't react, he's chasing the female after that because he's not happy that she has not reacted
0: interesting so he just goes on to the next one <laughs> so, so it's best so for their lives it's best to have multiple multiple females yeah. so that they, they yeah. go after one and try to kill her
1: even for the female life if yeah are, they just die from being tired of being oh, chasing I, would imagine, the male.
0: I would imagine now if from a, an aquarium standpoint um what? How would you set up a tank for these fish? What would you do? What would the elements? What are the important elements to have in a, in a tank for these fishes? If one wanted to replicate the, that environment in the foie, what do you think the single most certainly?
1: Thing? So that's that's a problem with river foie. If you want to make a biotope, you 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 need to know Focus. what kind what kind of part of the lake foie you want to do. Right. But uh first, you have to have a big aquarium, like 120 gallons. Uh, second for sure uh, sand, white sand very very thin uh, second, plants mm-hmm. uh, valisneria you can find it easily, very easily it's a fast growing plant so valisneria, Potamogetan you can find it very easy also it's all around the world mm-hmm. um, so that's for me the two main the three main things a huge aquarium, white sand Plants, a lot of plants. Mm-hmm. Um, second, so you can create um, territory for those males that are very a pain in the ass word, in the <laughs> A word, sorry. Uh, you need, you need some, some rocky area. So mm-hmm. for good, I think for me, the best two fish, best looking two fish of uh, river flies Toracochromis brauchi and Toracochromis calichromis. So for me, you will do a two-part aquarium. On, on For example, on the left side, mm-hmm. you're going to have a, a, rocky, a rocky area uh, that goes a bit on a slope higher. Mm-hmm. On top of that slope, you put some plants, so the valisneria or Potamogeton, that will grow along the water surface and cover... A bit that rocky area, so the, feel, the fish feel secure. And at the bottom of the rocky area, you need to make some caves, so the fish can go there, and and uh, make his own territory. And you do the same on the right side. So like that, you have one braoshi male on the left side, has his territory, and mm-hmm. on the left, on the left or the right side? Sorry, I don't remember. So on the other side, you have the calichromis chromis with his area. And mm-hmm. in between, you do a huge sandy area so the fish can go there and dip their heads inside.
0: So you need a, a big tank, basically. To do yeah, basically. you need A bunch of specimens of each, too, really. You don't want to go with just one or two. You'd want to have, what, half mm-hmm. a dozen or more of each fish, at
1: least. Exactly, exactly. So, if you have a three thousand liter tank, that would be the best one. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. Why not? No, I, I, but, but still, for someone that wants to do, there's a lot of people that keep large aquariums, and a lot of people that keep yeah. large aquariums like these. You know, people keep, you know, Rift Lake cichlids in big aquariums, and these are just every bit as interesting, and the, the habitats are stunning. I mean, I, I can't encourage people enough to to check out your your Instagram. Uh, uh, you know. And, uh, if you paper. have
1: if you have some people and um, who listen to the, the the podcast that want to do that,
0: yeah,
1: I can try to put them in contact with uh, with the people in US who keep the, uh, those those four cyclids and I can answer to their question if okay. uh, they want to do that that biotope because it's an incredible biotope yeah. and really really it's beautiful, A it's beautiful place.
0: these photos they're stunning i mean i encourage everybody to just look at them and i, I i've been uh, while i'm talking to you i'm looking at some of the ones that pulled up facebook and i'm just looking through the gallery of, of, the, of the pictures and just yes. the diversity of habitats and the, the colors and the you know the, the clarity of the water and the contrast of the green and the red and the the rock, it, it's really, really, and the neat. blue, the, the blue, blue is water so blue, yeah, the background,
1: and you have different, um, different blue. You have like yeah. deep blue, light blue. It's the, the the color panel is, it's just astonishing.
0: It is, and, and one of my favorite photos too was was there was some of the labios, you know, sort of rasping algae off of those those weird rocks that you were talking about, and that's another fascinating. I mean, those fish are probably impractical to keep because they're just huge, but. Mm-hmm. But that habitat, you could replicate that with other species in that genus, smaller ones, I suppose. Um, of course, of you know, course, yeah, black shark or whatever, but the red tail shark. I mean, uh, but, but just the, what a what a what an amazing diversity of environments in in one, you know, relatively well. It's, it's a big region, but in a relatively small area, you know, geographically, to have such a diversity is really unusual.
1: Exactly, it's not common to have karst karst no. uh,
0: and, and we don't talk I think about cars. You have, cars one. You have, you one. have I one
1: in California, I think. You have we, one do. In California.
0: we do. We um, do. And, and there's a few in, uh, in North. There's a few in North America. There's some in. Uh,
1: yeah, in, in Florida, the most. In Florida, most known one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in Florida, there's a few. Um, and they're 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 talk about a habitat that that is almost never replicated by aquarists. I mean, just we just know very little about them from an aquarium standpoint. When, when the reality is, there's so many fishes. Interesting fishes that come from these habitats, and they're, mm-hmm. they're really interesting to replicate from a water chemistry perspective.
1: It, these are te- and also I think like simple. most most of the aquarists they like to, ha- to have a crystal clear aquarium yes. with because with hard you, water. You you and I and most of your members like black water aquariums, but, but we like it if all. you enter if you enter for example in a restaurant and you see a black water aquarium. <laughs> For well, the one who the doesn't day. know that niche of, uh, of of the of the hobby, you say, right. but what well, that aquarium what is disgusting. It's dirty. <laughs> exactly. So, no, this is, I
0: this
1: think is most crazy. people. I, I I think more people should do uh, karst cast uh, system karst bi- biotop because it's crystal clear water and with
0: plants. I mean, that's the beauty. Is this yeah. this, this could bring? I mean, again, the the, the challenging requirement. I think to be really accurate is to, to get, you know, the fishes and they do require large aquariums. Now, one, I'm sure there are other areas that you've been to that are karst environments that maybe have some smaller fishes, but, but to do the foie, you want to get those fishes, you'd want to get a large aquarium. And mm-hmm. the the possibilities for being creative are, are tremendous. I mean, with the plant diversity and the, the water clarity and the, you know, seeing these big tree trunks on top of, white sand and rocks it's it's a really compelling habitat to to replicate
1: exactly it's very appealing uh, to repeat to replicate so i will many- send you i i don't know if i still have some pictures of my my first uh, like aquascape biotope of foie because oh, like it was more it. more access 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 to, to 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 aquascaping at that time i was doing aquascaping so mm-hmm. i could it I arranged so a you had a and and you the plans. And...
0: Right, you probably had a different mindset when you put it together.
1: Yes, that before I, I was more focused on the artistic part. Right. Now I know if I'm doing a four aquarium, I won't do it the, the same way I did the first aquarium and, because I did it with the without doing the the territory part right. for species and but, things like that. It was more artistic. But, and the irony, uh,
0: the, the irony, though, is 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 the, doing it the, the correct way for the fishes the territory respecting the territories and so much is artistic i mean it comes
1: with a, it yes a yes really yeah. Uh, you look. Can, yeah of course you can do it artistically yeah you just have to know how to compose right. Na- nature is the best aquascaper That's you look what to I nature yep
0: she's been doing it for a long time it's it's Thank fantastic you. um Tomas, this is, this is, I've kept you a little longer than I said I would, but I know we had a few starts and, and finishes. Um, I'd love to have you on again, of course, because we, we have all these plenty of things to talk about all the time. Um, yeah. But well, I think we should probably wrap this one up uh, today. And let's try, this, mm-hmm. let's talk, try talking about some, this again in the future, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions. And when we get those photos out, people are going to really want to hear more. They'll probably have more interesting questions to ask you. So you might get. And a lot they of
1: can they can come on my Instagram uh, to ask me. I'm I'm sure you're gonna share the name of my yes. patron.
0: Congo nature photography. You just if you're not subscribing to this already, you have to. I mean, Thomas's pictures are just amazing and Thank inspiring you. in every way. We've you know been using those photos as inspiration for a lot of projects, and so. Uh, I think you have a pretty good following already. By the way, I mean you've, you've had
1: a uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm re- quite happy because I reached um, 1,500 followers, so I'm I'm happy about more. that.
0: No, there'll be many more. I hope. Many... I hope. Oh, these no, the, this last batch of photos, the, the one, the latest batch that you've been putting up. It's just every day. There's just you know, I see in my feed. I'm like, wow. Each picture is better than the next. So. There's so much inspiration from each one of these photos. If you're really when you have
1: more and more followers, you need to be more and more right uh, more and better pictures and things like that. And now just to let you know, because you you are the one who pushed me to do that. So I I
0: created a monster.
1: (laughs) So I have a good news to to, to tell you, you are the first one, so I'm, oh. you, have, you, you have the exclusivity on the podcast for that. <laughs> I'm glad. The, the institution that I told you that uh, rules the, the conservation in mm-hmm. Congo, so the name is ICCN, Institut Congolais pour la Conservation de la Nature. They just created um, a new department called Unité Spéciale. The recherche et de découverte, so special okay. units of uh, research great. and discovery, and we are the two members. It's Frank and I. So they're gonna oh, finance okay. us. So we can, we're going to do multiple expeditions oh, during the fantastic. year to discover new aquatic place. So you're gonna have new pictures, I think, oh, and incredible footage.
0: That's that's exciting news because that's, you know, that's again what fuels the interest of so many people in the hobby right now is seeing these wild habitats and yeah. just, and, and, the perspective you bring, I don't know if it's intentional or not. I think we talked about this before, but the photos you take, I know you don't, you can't compose the photo like you'd like no. to, but it just, but just the, the, the shot selection that you take has made it so that you can look at this and say, I could see an aquarium set up like this. And I think that's a really important thing. You bring the aquarist's eye to this thing so it's, it's going to be interesting as you go on more and more of these expeditions, especially yes. with the blessing of the government, that's even better. You'll that's be able better. To create these inspiring photos. And, and what is the old expression that we, we, we protect what we know? And so more people becoming aware of these, are going to, it's going to provide more inspiration for people to replicate and talk about. And
1: you know, I hope so. Because for because, these yeah. habitats. We know we we know Amazonia, but we don't really know Congo. It's so I so hope unknown. that I'm going to be part of the the of uh, aquatic yeah. habitats of the Congo.
0: Well, can I tell you, since we've been talking, um, and this is what the third, I think the second or third podcast we've done together. The second, the second one. Okay, the, people have have told me, oh, I'm going to do a Congo tank. I'm going to do an African tank. There, there's a thirst for knowledge for that area that there wasn't that I That's didn't notice general. before. There, there's an uptick, and I get, uh, even in, with botanicals and, you know, the things that people purchase from us, they, there's, they say, I'm setting up a Congo-themed aquarium, um, you know, please select things that you think would work or whatever. So, we're starting to see an interest in that area.
1: Um, and I hope great. they're going to have the materials coming from Congo soon.
0: Yes, they will. was <laughs> yes, a little <laughs> teaser there. But yes, that's going to be extremely exciting. And again, what you also mentioned is the availability of these plants. They're very common in the aquarium hobby. So the plants are there. And then with the mm-hmm. materials and now this inspiration and information, yeah. it's a really good time. And, it, and it's, it's been way a very long time in coming that the, the African environments in general, but particularly the Congo, um, are getting the attention that they deserve from the aquarium hobby because they, they just haven't. You know, for, for yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just because I think nobody's really been documenting
1: it. In no, the, the only document like documentation are. we have it's it's old old book from old right. sketches from we Boulanger old old and from uh, Boulanger, yeah. from Jerry from, from yeah. old people. So yeah,
0: this
1: it's is good, good to have new materials. Yes, and we have Heiko Blair. We did a lot yes. of pictures from the Congo. He did thirty five expedition in, uh, in Congo. Wow.
0: So, I mean, you're getting good video, good photos, and good information. And now, you know, as you do more of these, being able to get that the ecological data, you know, the, the environmental data, the pH, the kH, the temperature, the dissolved oxygen, all that kind of stuff, it just makes it more useful for people wanting to yeah, I think, I replicate think this. On that side,
1: more t- taking more measurement. And things I think like it would that. be
0: worth it because then you can marry the aesthetics with the function and um, okay,
1: so I'm ordering now the a chemical stationery. i mean,
0: costing you money. <laughs> make, make you spend money? <laughs> yes, you have to get all that gear because I, <laughs> I think the government will pay for it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think well, I People think we'll they're actually, gonna. That's good. I will Very ask them because you know um, it's important. We we can learn more about these environments.
1: Yes, and we need and we need that because. Need okay, I mean in Congo when I'm doing an aquarium for a for the fish I just took in the river when I go back home the you the tap water is yeah. is acidic the tap water is very soft at my place but in in US in Europe it's
0: hard and alkaline yeah
1: it's not That's... the same so people need to know where they have to go but it's always almost the same you know the pH is under under 6 and right. the very soft water and so it's almost the same, but it's good to have the record. I think I'm going to yeah, add more so. record.
0: Well, I think because you're finding more and more, especially in the freshwater side of the hobby, you're finding more and more sophisticated hobbyists that are going to greater lengths to replicate not only the look, but the function of those habitats. And so mm-hmm. a lot of these guys and, and girls are very interested in the, the you know, the, the chemistry, the lighting conditions, the flow, the oxygen, all those kind of things that, you know, upon first glance, people don't think about, but when you look at it, that's why the fishes are so successful. And so people are starting to put it together and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, if I can provide the right environment, I can spawn them. And so, exactly it's, you know, exactly. That, that's, and then it eases collection pressures from these, you know, environments and so, so on. So it's, it's all good. Very exciting. But
1: for 2022, I think the Blackwater community is going to be happy because I will do in January, I will go back, of course, to the Lufimi River and the Bombo-Lumene wow. River. Yes. I, want, I want to go to the, the Lumene River because uh, there are more fish in the Lumene River than in the, the Lufimi River. Oh, good. But uh, our goal with Frank to is to go to the, you can check on, uh, on Google Earth, on the Maidombe Lake. Maidombe in, uh, in Congolese uh, language means oh. black water. Oh, and it's you have to go a there. huge yeah. lake, uh, Blackwater lake. <laughs> yes, you go there. And for the people who knows uh, <laughs> the, the the fishes of the Congo, where there is one dwarf cichlid called uh, Nanochromis transvestitus. Oh, I, and do it know, comes, that. I do know that one. Yes, and and it comes from the Mindombi Lake. Oh, that's going to be a good one. You're going so in that's the... No, I think we're going to go there. <laughs> around may or june so that's that's a 2022 expedition and i have i have another expedition
0: i have an expedition request for you (laughs) you have to go on a killifish specific one too looking for some. Uh, i'm not sure what regions you'd look at but um you have to go looking for killifish That, that would be really interesting too you know looking at some of those weird environments the you know temporal pools and you know place little streets yeah and yeah stuff yeah, like yeah. for temporary pools
1: most most of, of it is in the in the equatorial forest um, and uh, I can I know that we have plenty of killifish in mm-hmm. Congo there is there is a swampy area uh, before the coastal the coastal uh, the coastal part of the Congo uh, it's between the town of Boma and the town of Mwanda, it's not very far from Kinshasa. I can go there for, for one weekend. Oh, that's even and great. I'm quite sure that there is some, some apiplati, some killifish there. Because, again, so, those,
0: those are areas, and, and we've had this conversation before, but, but with killifish in particular, they need to be more popular than they are. And I think yeah. the key to making those fish more popular is for people to see the habitats that they come from because there's such an interest in creating unique habitats in the, hobby, in the aquarium hobby right now. Mm-hmm. We can throw attention on a neglected group of fishes by highlighting the habitat. And you're okay. in a perfect position to be able to, it's <laughs> so close to you, to be able to show these <laughs> habitats and get I will. excited. I think that would be really neat.
1: And yeah. also they are small fish. So they they too. need small yeah. aquariums.
0: Exactly. So there's a lot more people could, could access yeah. that type of stuff. So there's, you have such a diversity of habitats right in the neighborhood, so to speak <laughs> that,
1: it you, really, you know, we 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 have so much to talk. I think we yeah. need, we need multiple podcasts. Oh, we are. <laughs>
0: you're already you're gonna do another one, um, whether you know it or not. We're gonna to have to do this again in a, in a few weeks because uh, yeah. As, as got... you know,
1: as you know, I'm always open. You just good. ask me. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh,
0: it always is, and, and we'll, hopefully we'll have a little better luck with the connection on the first or second try next time. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> we couldn't get, get it going, but I'm glad it worked yes. out because it was a good talk. Until Until us, was again, a good we're going to tell everybody that to, 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 if we haven't already, and we'll, we'll put the link when we put the podcast up um, to you, to your um, Instagram site and uh, mm-hmm. Facebook so they can follow you because it's just filled with inspiration. And thanks so much, you know, for always wanting to share this and uh, for teasing everybody about some things that are coming up and that's going to be very exciting. And we'll have, yeah, more on that. We'll have to talk about that too. When, when our little things start happening, um, we'll talk about that. And yeah. Um, Again, thanks so much, and, and uh, thank you very much evening. also. No problem, Thomas. It's and
1: uh, I send you the pictures I told you about the different fishes. And terrific,
0: terrific. We'll we'll get those up too, so we can share. some. yeah, you're
1: <laughs> you're gonna share it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> thanks so much. Have, a, have good, a good time. have a Have a good day, and thank you very much. You and thank you to the community to listen to us.
0: Oh, and thank you. We appreciate it. You take
1: care. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.